Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Okay, so for this week's episode, I wanted to answer a survey question that we got, and that was, how can you best keep a project on track, especially in terms of revisions and all the little things that seem to pop up? And that is such a good question. I feel like everyone, not even just designers, have this struggle of kind of keeping things on track and moving forward the deadline. (laughs) Yeah, if I had to pick out one thing that just kind of makes my life more miserable than other things, it would be revisions and those random little things that pop up. Definitely. And while I was thinking about this um, topic and we were kind of chatting about it, I realized that I think I've been really fortunate to not experience this, probably partially because what I have in my contract kind of helps avoid this, but also it comes down to how firm on their deadline that your clients can be. I know sometimes people will reach out to you and they'll say, I need everything done by you know, August 1st, and they're not willing to budge on that, whereas sometimes people are just along for the project and they're like, I'll be ready whenever you're ready. So that's something to keep in mind too here. But let's go on ahead and just dive right in. So I think one of the first ways that you can help keep your projects on track is really to just set expectations for this at the very beginning of the project. So One thing to think about is when does the client need to be involved? I think a lot of times clients don't know or understand that they actually have to participate in the project with you. And so they don't realize when they need to be available to provide feedback, you know, when they need to just check in and approve something. So it can help avoid them going MIA or avoid waiting for weeks at a time for feedback on things when you can set the expectations on how often or just when they need to be involved right from the very beginning. Yeah, and I think it's easy for us to forget that this can be an issue because when we're working on a project, like that's what we're focused on, but they still have a life and possibly their own business going on outside of this. So When an email comes in from you, they might not be able to like drop everything that day and spend time giving feedback or approving something. So when you can like give them kind of a schedule ahead of time, that definitely helps. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that a lot of us don't think about is sometimes you have clients who don't have their business full time, maybe Mm -hmm. like you do. So they're balancing a nine to five. Maybe they also have kids. Maybe, you know, they have other things going on. So this is why it's 
really important to kind of make sure you're clear, hey, I'm going to need you to be available around this time and this time. And the rest of that time, I'm going to be working so you can go relax on the couch if that's what you want. <laughs> yes. Another expectation that I think you have to set to kind of help with this is how many revisions are allowed. And I think a lot of designers get stuck in this and this is where their projects go off track. So instead of just doing however many revisions it takes, you need to put a cap on how many you offer so that you can limit the project from going like sideways once you've already gotten started. Maybe because your client keeps changing their mind or they're just being nitpicky or anything like that. So let them know what happens if they need to go over the allowed revisions. And then if you feel like you have a, wish, a wishy-washy client, because sometimes I think, you know, people are getting advice about their designs from their families, their friends random people on Facebook so it can make them kind of indecisive and like this on their project with you. I definitely recommend to just schedule a call with them to sit down and ask them, you know, what is making you feel like this? You know, we've kind of played around a couple of times. What do you feel like is going wrong? How can we speed up getting to the final here? Mm-hmm. Something I do to help with this, now I'm not sure that it would translate well for a designer, but what I do is I give one, you know, full round of revisions. And for the second round, I say, okay, you're not adding in a ton of other stuff. You can look at what I changed, make sure I didn't miss anything or screw anything up, and then we're done. So for me, that has helped me from having people be wishy-washy because they know they have one shot. And like I was saying, I'm not sure if that would work well for design just because maybe sometimes they have to see it before they know but maybe there is something like kind of similar that would work and help people you know not keep changing their mind and have to make a decision for sure i think something similar that i do um is that i tell them when i am opening the door for revisions hey a revision is one comment on asana or one email mm -hmm. if you send me three emails I'm sorry, that's all three revisions. Yeah. We're going to have to bill you for anything extra. Now, sometimes, obviously, you're going to bend on that if you really like the person. But if you explain to them up front, okay, I need one email with everything that you want in it. And if you go back and look again and you find some a couple other things maybe, then that's going to count as the second round of revisions. And you just explain to them, this is how I work to kind of keep yeah. things on track so that both of us are are benefiting and we're not like letting this project go, you know, weeks longer than it may need to. Mm -hmm. I like that rule. Um, something else here, the last thing that I think you really have to do um, when you're setting these expectations at the beginning of the project is what you're going to do if the client wants to add more work. So your clients don't know your schedule. They most of the time do not understand how long certain things can take you to do. And so it can be totally reasonable, I think, for a client to come to you and request some extra work and they think that you can get it done in a certain amount of time or you can just work on it while you're working on the other parts of the project. But we know that's not always the case. <laughs> 
And this can be a hard one because something that they think should take no time at all could set you back on other projects if you do try to squeeze it in, but you could be booked for, you know, three months out. And that makes it so hard because you do want to help them, but you also don't want to like destroy yourself in the process. So having this expectation ahead of time at least lets them know, okay, you're going to have to wait if this happens and you don't have to feel so guilty about it. Totally. And that goes along with exactly what I was about to say. So let them know how that's going to affect their deadline. So if they have been telling you August 1st, that's the day this is going live. If it's not done by then, I'm going to do something crazy. I don't know. <laughs> um, then you have to let them know, okay, well, adding this extra work is going to take me, you know, so many days and that's going to affect the deadline and then also something else you have to let them know is the cost so i know in my contract and in your contract krista we say if you want anything added it's going to affect your deadline and it's going to be billed extra mm -hmm. so when you set that expectation from the beginning if you encounter this in the middle of a project then you can one go back to your contract and then two both you and your client kind of already know what's going to happen. Yeah, I actually just saw a question in a Facebook group on this, I think yesterday, like there was a designer saying that her client asked for something extra and she just didn't know like how to tell her that it was going to cost extra. And I was like, well, just tell her, you know, like obviously if someone adds something else, it's going to cost extra, but that wasn't an expectation she set ahead of time. So she probably felt super awkward having to ask for more money. Yeah, and I think it can be really uncomfortable, even if you do set that expectation um, for any of these things up front to kind of rein your client back in and let them know, hey, we have to keep moving or, hey, this is going to cost more. It can be really uncomfortable, but at the same time, similar to what we've talked about in other episodes, you're the one that deals with the stress. So if you want to deal with all that stress for no extra money, then by all means <laughs> do it. But the majority of us would like a couple extra dollars in our pocket for doing the extra work and dealing with the extra stress. I love all the sass. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, um, I think I have a script about this in my email scripts for designers. But I think most of the time in that case, I would say, you know, I'm totally happy to do this for you. It's beyond the original project scope. So I'm going to have to bill you XYZ and here's how it's going to affect your deadline. And if they really want it done, then they will say, that's no problem. I'm yeah. willing to pay for it. And if they don't really want it done or they don't like the cost, they'll say, okay, no big deal. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but all of these things where you're setting the expectations, they definitely should be in your welcome packet if you have one. But if nothing else, they definitely have to be in your contract. Please go back. I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself with an action step, but please go through your contract and make sure these kind of things are listed, at least mm -hmm. for revisions and then what to do if they want more work done. Yep, it will save you headaches in the future. So another way that I think you can help keep your projects on track is just to allow extra time in your projects or after your projects for delays. So if you're a newer designer, you might want to add maybe a week or two, if not more, to your timeline. So 
I think that newer designers often get stuck with this because they're working with clients for the first time. They don't really know how long to expect their clients to take. They don't really know how long it's going to take them. So in that case, I say, instead of saying you could squeeze this whole entire branding project in in just like four weeks, give yourself the extra time. So say it'll take six weeks, you know, something like that. That may seem crazy long to you, but the clients who are really interested in working with you are gonna be okay with that. And then it also gives you this really good buffer so that, your projects aren't overlapping too much, and then you're okay. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good point, and I know you're going to yell at me soon, so I'll just let you keep going. <laughs> yes, the next <laughs> one I'm definitely going to yell at you. So maybe you're not a new designer, but you still have projects overlapping because, you know, one goes off track, and then it's hard to kind of catch back up. This is where I really recommend to have a buffer in between projects. And I'm going to yell at Krista here because I know she schedules back to back. And sometimes that creates a problem in her schedule. So this is a really good idea for the same exact reason that I would recommend adding those extra weeks to your actual projects. And it's because it gives you that buffer. So if you say at least like one week, I'm going to end this project and I'm going to have this whole entire week where... If I have to, I could continue that project on, but hopefully if not, I could work on something else or I could go on ahead and get the other client started if they're ready to go. So, Krista, mm. can you please share your experience of not having a buffer? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can share that. I see. I can't. I can't make myself schedule a buffer. I try. Right now I'm thinking I should really do that and I, I just can't. I just can't do it. I need my projects to just go and I don't want to tell people that they have to wait even an extra day. I just want to keep going, but it's a pain in the butt. And one thing that I notice it causes me to do is be more strict and like cranky near the end of projects because I'm like, no, I need, I need this from you like right this second or we're going to be off and we can't be off because I have a new project starting on Monday and we can't have this happen, you know? And I know if I scheduled in a buffer, I wouldn't have to be like that. I could be like, okay, no problem. You can get back to me tomorrow. And it would probably make everyone's lives easier. And I'm trying to talk myself into doing it. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one that everyone could kind of implement in their business, kind of regardless of what they do, maybe not just design. And it's like I said, I think it just creates that extra time just in case. And then you don't have to be in a panic or in a rush if your client is, you know, causing the project to go off track at the very beginning because, you know, well, I do have those extra couple of days at the very end where I can go a little bit past what I had planned to if I need to. Mm -hmm. So my next suggestion here is definitely to use a project management app. So this goes along with when your clients are taking a long time to provide feedback. Maybe they are super indecisive or they go MIA, which obviously keeps you from progressing with the project. This is really going to help you help your clients keep the project on track. Mm -hmm. So using a project management app is going to help you kind of keep getting feedback in a timely manner because you can set those tasks 
and then assign them to your client and then set the due date. And then your project management will do the work of sending the reminder emails when the task is about to be due. So when your client has um, feedback due, for example, in the next couple days, then you can rest assured that your project management is already bugging them about that feedback they have due. The next thing is that I think it really allows them to see the project as a whole which can help them see what you're working on, what they, when they are needed, where they are needed. And this can also kind of help them keep from going MIA in the middle of the project. So if they see that the next couple of steps in the project are assigned to them, they need to be prepared to do a couple of things, then they can know, okay, can't go MIA next week because my designer needs me. Yeah, and something else I think this is great for is you never have to worry about them. Well, you shouldn't have to worry about them emailing you and like nagging about where you are in the project or what's happening next or, you know, how long it's going to be. They just have to log in and check it out and they can see everything that's going on. Yep, that's something that I really like. I can't think of a... Well, I think I have had a couple clients who emailed me and they were like, I haven't heard from you in two days. What are you working on? It's like your project. That's what I'm working on. But it is really nice to have everything there right where you can see it and your client can see it. So I definitely recommend using a project management app. Now, the next to last thing here is don't be afraid to follow up. So if a client goes MIA, you have to reach out to them. That is, that's the end of the discussion. No buts. That's it. You have to reach out to them. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable doing this because they're like, I don't want to annoy my client. Mm -hmm. But if they're MIA, you have to annoy them because you're waiting to finish the project so you can get paid. (laughs) Yeah. And I think... You have to, at some point, just give them an ultimatum. Tell them what is going on. Or sometimes even it's important to remember that something could be going on. So one time I actually had a client who was delaying on an invoice. And the email I sent that finally got her attention had a subject line of, is everything okay? So sometimes you really just need to check in and see what's going on. But um, yeah, don't worry about annoying them. Just reach out, give them an ultimatum, tell them what's going on, tell them why you need your feedback, need their feedback and help them understand. Yeah. And I think you brought up a really good point. Sometimes clients go MIA because they have a question like that they're scared to ask or other times they have something significant going on in their life and they just are not thinking about the design project because something more important is going on. And That's okay, whatever it is, but you have to follow up with them so you can open that door and figure out, you know, where you need to meet them halfway if they have a question or if you need to do something as drastic as canceling or rescheduling the rest of the project if they just cannot commit to being present for the rest of it. Yeah, you can't just leave yourself wondering what's going on and stressing about if you should be worrying about this and moving on to your next one. You just need to get yourself an answer. Totally. So going right along with this, you want to create a plan for at what point you would cancel the project. Mm -hmm. So I say a few things to definitely consider here is how long are you going to let them be MIA before you need to get 
the project canceled or move on or whatever it is. So also what is going to happen to the project files? So they have likely paid you at least half of the project cost, which means they are expecting to see something even if you cancel the project. So you need to know what you would make available to them and what you might charge them extra for or anything like that. And then also, will there be any additional fees? And I include this one because I know you um, actually have a rescheduling fee if someone is like really awful mm -hmm. and they need to reschedule their project way in advance. Yeah, and I just do that to protect myself from the empty space it creates in my schedule. Just because, okay, I'm scheduling their project later, I'm still doing the same amount of work. But now there are X number of days where I have nothing and I'm having to reschedule them for a time I could have booked a whole new paying project. So that's why I do that. So I think it depends on kind of how you work overall and how strict you like to be. Well, definitely. But I think that can be a good thing to include for designers because especially if you are only working on maybe one project at a time, you may have a significant amount of time, a whole entire month where you are trying to now bring in more work or move clients up in your schedule. So just like Krista said, consider how strict you want to be and how this will affect your schedule. And then obviously you want to include notes about that in your contract and mention these things when you are following up. So I would say the first follow-up should be polite. Hey, how are you doing? Just want to make sure everything's okay. I was looking forward to getting XYZ from you on this date, but I didn't hear from you. So I just want to make sure things are still moving forward with the project. Then in the second and even the last, because I, I say maybe follow up three times, mm -hmm. depending on the project, that last time is where you have to mention these things. So say, okay, I haven't heard from you. I hope everything is okay. If I don't hear from you by X date, I'm going to have to cancel the project and here's what you can expect. Yeah. And then in that last follow up, okay, I'm canceling the project you know, here's what you can expect now. And it may seem like you're the worst person in the world when you're doing this, but remember that you are doing it for your sanity. Yeah. And then also because there may be something really horrible going on with your client where they just, they just need it canceled and to move on. Yep. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's just not fun to do, but you have to do it for yourself. Like, it's not worth the stressful situations that come, especially if your client is just kind of being a jerk and they just decide they're done or they don't want to pay the rest or whatever it is. It's not worth it for you to keep going on after that. Just end it, do what you said you were going to do, and that's it. Yep. And I think this brings me to this last point, which is to stick to your contract and all of the guidelines and expectations that you have set. And I know that this goes along with what we were just saying. You're going to feel like the bad guy when you have to mention anything in your contract. It doesn't matter what it is. You are going to feel like the bad guy. But this goes for absolutely everything we have talked about here. If you bend once, and Krista can also attest to this, <laughs> then it makes the client think that you will do it again and again and again. So if you bend once on a revision, 
they're going to expect you to yeah. include even more revisions. If you bend once on the deadline for the feedback, they're going to think that you will do it again and again. So that's why it's so, so important to make sure that you're sticking to these things on the first time, not the fifth or the <laughs> tenth, when you are really getting irritated and ticked off with them, but that very first time. Yep, and it's even harder, I think, the first time. That's the hardest time because you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. You want to be like, okay, this is just a one-time thing. It's not going to happen again. But you have some people that just, they don't understand the concept. They don't understand why anything is such a big deal. They just want it to be laid back. They don't think that, hey, you're running a business. Your family depends on this money. The rest of your clients depend on this schedule. You need to stick to it. So please just think about that when you're having trouble this first time. Just do it. Yeah, I think something to really keep in mind that will make you for sure want to stick to your contract is if a client wants to add extra work and you say, sure, I'll do yeah. this one thing for free, then where do you draw the line when they want even more work after that? And that goes right along with the revisions. If they go over your set number of revisions and you say, okay, this time I will do this one revision for free, you can't really take that back because yeah. after that, again, what are you going to do when they want another one? Mm -hmm. Then you have to, I feel like then it's even more awkward to say, I know I let you have this one time where you could slide, but now I have to charge you extra. Like that's yeah. even more awkward. Yeah. I've even had a client off enough to be like, well, you let me do it this time. Why is this time any different? And it's like that, that's just mind blowing that someone would do that. But there are people out there like that. So just don't mm -hmm. give them the opportunity. Yep. So it's always really, really stressful when a project goes on so much longer than you originally planned, which is why it's that much more important to just set yourself up and your client up to avoid all of that from the get-go. So your action steps for this episode... Number one would be to just make sure that you're clear about your client's involvement, revisions, project add-ons, cancellations, all of this stuff in your contract. So schedule a time right now to go back through your contract and make sure that you have all these things. Even if your contract wasn't written by a lawyer, at least make sure that you have some sort of mention of what's going to happen. So like, for example, with my revisions, I say, if you go over this amount, here's exactly what the charge is going to be for any additional work. And then also, number two, just get yourself set up on a project management app. I feel like there are some people out there who are still working straight out of their inbox. And as much as I want to, you don't get any props from me because I know how much of a headache that is. So Sassy Corey is coming out. Schedule some time to get to get your business and your clients on a project management because it'll it'll make all of your lives so much easier. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.